Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker podcast. This time we are previewing glorious Goodwood. We hit sat here a couple of uh, a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, and gave you plenty of Ascot winners. So I hope we can do the same here. To my right is Odds Checker's very own Andy Holding, our tipster, whose column will be going up every day for all the races. And to my left we have professional punter Mike Spence. I'm your host George Ellick, and without much further ado, we're going to get straight into the racing. This is day one at Goodwoods, and the Unibet handicap is the first up. Setting Sayed is the four to one favourite. Uh, Beringer is fifteen to two. Jazeel ten to one. Soto Sizzler eleven to one. Nicholas twelve to one. Sixteen to one. Bar Andy. As ever, I'll start with you. And uh, and who are you going to be looking to kick off good, the Goodwood week uh, in that first race? Yeah, I'll probably spend a little bit more time um, in the next twenty four hours trying to trying to work out what I'm going to go for here. But there's no denying that Setting Sail is the nicest horse in this field. I've put him up a couple of times already this year. Uh, funny enough, in defeat. So I'm not a, the greatest judge of working out whether he's going to shine or not. But he's been victim of circumstance more than anything else. When he has got beat, he was a little bit too free the day when he ran at Ascot behind Sextant. Um, didn't handle the track at Epsom next time. I, that was the day when I went for him quite strongly, finished out the frame. But he, all, you know, either way, it was still a good run. He beat Rice all the time after on the July track, and he won Saturday. Um, an excellent run at York, of course, in the John Smith beyond Pivoting, you know, viciously competitive handicap, arguably the, the best mile and a quarter handicap we've had so far this season in terms of numbers and uh, speed figures. Um, and he ran another cracking race there. Ideally, he just wants nice ground. I don't think he wants extremes. Um, Goodwood forecast, I think, is fairly favourable for the next 24 stroke 48 hours. He might get the odd rogue shower. I think there's a bit of a. Um, bit of low pressure coming up to hit the high pressure there might be some showers bubbling up but that's that it's just localized isn't it and goodwood can be very hit or miss but i think he's certainly the most likely winner or certainly a worthy favorite anyway from where i'm sitting you've got a lot of usual suspects in this race that may or might not improve um i thought soto sizzler was an interesting runner he probably might want a little bit further in an ideal world um he's won at the track though several times and i think that's a, a key with him and he, along with Setting Sail, has got form round undulating tracks. He goes really well around Epsom. I think he's worthy of a look down the bottom of the weight. So early days yet, but those would be my two that I'd be looking at if the prices were right tomorrow morning to put up Soto, Sizzler or Setting Sail. Yeah, as you say, tomorrow morning, because we are recording this on Monday, um, just so you realise. I'm looking at the weather forecast now, and, and it suggests there could be some rain coming in Goodwood yeah. around 10 or 11 o'clock with some pretty nasty wind as well. So... Maybe not the best day for, for those going. Mike, I know you're going as well, so make sure you wrap up warm and, uh, and wear, your, wear your waterproofs. Uh, but more importantly than what you're going to be wearing, what are you going to be backing in that first race? So I agree with Andy. I think setting sail probably is the right favourite. Um, but I was I think you know, at Goodwood, you need a horse that's really going to travel around the course. Mm. They've got to travel very well, which he will. Um, they tend to go very fast in these handicaps. So, so, um, You've got to travel through the race and also have enough ability and class to be able to get yourself out of trouble if needs be. Um, he's got everything in his favour, really setting sail. But I think he's probably the right price at, at four to one in a handicap like this. He hasn't been missed, but he'll run very well. Um, certainly wouldn't be putting anyone off him. But there's one horse in here which I think is primed for a really big run, um, and he will be my bet. And as a trainer that goes very well here, Mark Johnston has a lot of winners at Goodwood, and I think Aquarium is ready to strike. Um, Andy mentioned the form of the John Smith's Cup, which it's not called that anymore. It's no. now called the John <laughs> I just S- couldn't think off the top of my head. I just thought I'd go with that. John Smith's Diamond <laughs> Jubilee Cup. Yeah. Um, 
And it was actually quite taking that. I do think this is good form, but Aquarium's a horse that needs everything to go right. He's not that easy. Um, and he tends to miss the break. And it, it didn't really help him at York because they went very slow in this race. Um, and only the first horse and the third horse were quicker than Aquarium through the last three furlongs. But he was so far back after his slow start that he only managed to finish 12th out of 21. Um, but I was very taken with how he finished that off. I think this horse had excuses. Um, the run before that at Haydock, he slipped coming around the bend. I just think that's yeah. a run to ignore, really. There was also another race where the first two home, uh, Kelly's Dino and the Golden Horse, that slips my mind, all, uh, both sat there one and two throughout, and nothing got into it from off the pace. Um, he ran very well at Royal Ascot over one mile four, which I don't think really suits him, but there isn't a handicap there, and I think it was just a case of having an Ascot runner. Um, if you watch that, he stays on very well down the straight, and that effort just peters out in the last furlong. Uh, he's never won over further than 10 furlongs, and I think dropping back to this trip will really suit. Uh, the handicap has been kind to him. He's dropped £2 again. He's off 101 here. Um, and what might look like a bad draw to most people at Goodwood, because you think you want to be drawn low, the draw stats for the 10 furlong course suggest that you really do want to be drawn higher. Um, he's in 14. And given the way that he actually runs, I don't think that's going to be any negative for him. He's sure to be dropped in just on the way that he starts so slow. Um, at Goodwood, over 10 furlongs, they also come around the upper bend. They get about a four and a half furlongs worth of a straight. They really get, get rolling for a long time before they actually are asked to quicken. Um, and I think this horse will really come with a real rattle down the outside. Um, he's got good form, second behind Mountain Angel at Epsom in April. He's fantastic form. He's one pound higher than that. Um, and his form going around the bend is a lot better than his form on straight courses. If you're able to just put a line through them, his form would read a lot better than what it currently does. I, I think he's, he's primed for a really big run. Um, he likes a bit of cut, but it's only good ground there at the moment. I d it's not going to get too much faster than that um, for day one. And I think 14 to 1 looks a very big price. Well, bigger than 14 to 1 if you're looking at odds checker at the moment you can get 20 to 1 at William Hill you can get 20 to 1 at Bet Victor so if Mike's tipping up at 14s and you can get him at 20s yeah, might not be there anymore once we finish recording I'll tell you that but um, Aquarium there for Mike making a very good case indeed in the first um, and uh, the two taking at Andy's eye at the moment setting sail and Soto Sizzler setting sail pretty much 4 to 1 across the board uh, Soto Sizzler 11 to 1 with Skybet Bet Victor Coral Betway, Black Type, Red Zone, and a couple of others as well. So that's the first done and dusted. Uh, we'll move on to the second race tomorrow, and that is the Vintage Stakes. And I know, Mike, you may have just given us quite a long answer and you're ready for a rest, but I'm going to come back to you <laughs> straight away because you, of course, have a runner here um, in positive at 10 to 1. I'll run through the card quickly, though. Uh, Pinatubo, the, the very hot favourite, at 7 to 4. Um, Vicinari, 3 to 1. Lopez Fernandez, 5 to 1. Mystery Power, 13 to 2. Positive and Platinum Star, 10 to 1, and 100 to 1, Milltown Star. Um, you mentioned just before we went live uh, here that this is probably the hardest two-year-old race to try and land. So uh, talk us through the placing of Positive and, and how you're feeling about his chances. Well, he's a horse that we've always loved. Um, I mean, from day one, we thought he was a re really classy horse. Um, and before his debut, we were, this was always the aim. We thought he was really that good before he ran at Salisbury. And, and he was a horse that... We had this race penciled in before he'd even won his maiden. Um, he got the maiden done in, in very good style. He couldn't, he couldn't have done it any better. And, and we've stuck to the plan, really, to come here, despite 
this race being what is the hottest two-year-old race certainly of the season and I mean it's an absolute cracker isn't it Pinatubo for me he sets an incredibly high standard I'm not not sort of going to dress our horse up and say he's, he's that I think he'll win and and whatever but he's certainly there you know we're not really running away from anything and his work at home has been fantastic um it's a big ask on his second start I mean it caught Visionari out last time at Newmarket really and that just shows how big an ask it is you've got to be a really really good horse to win on your second start um he's the least experienced in the field and he is up against it on that on that front but he's got a good draw um he's very professional um, I, I, I think he's going to run a good, a good race. I'm, I'm hopeful. When you, when you own a horse, um, like Positive, you know where so much is at stake here. And if you do go and land the spoils tomorrow, it could be, you know, a bit of a game changer for, for everyone involved. I mean, how, how are you feeling when, when they're going to post? How are you feeling during the race? It must be quite a buzz. I, it's, it's hard to you can never really say how you feel. It always changes from race to race. I'm, I'm, I'm quite calm. I'm quite rational. I don't, I keep very calm, which is probably to do with the betting part of things. In that. <laughs> yeah. I tend to I'm quite level headed um, I think I'll probably get quite nervous when they go to post tomorrow it's always Salisbury's almost more was on his debut was almost more nerve wracking because he's a well backed six to four favourite <laughs> sure none of that was your money though was it, so. <laughs> I mean the only thing that can happen is that when you go somewhere like that is that things can go to plan and he wins and it's more a relief than sort of mm. anything else you know it's anything other than, a, than an impressive win on, on what you've sort of going there and you're disappointed so uh, I'm quite I'm quite happy that you know there's no pressure on us tomorrow so I think I'll be more relaxed tomorrow than I actually was at Salisbury well we know that Andy doesn't mince his words so it'd be no shock here if he, if he tells you to draw a line three positive straight away and move on to the, to the rest but Andy how are you how are you eyeing up this one no I certainly wouldn't be derogatory with regards to chances of positive because he clocked a good time first time out um, not a what we could call a group one, group two time, but certainly a pattern time anyway. Um, so he's it was the it was the fastest seven yeah. furlong time at Salisbury for sixteen years. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, we, obviously, on a, on a day where lot the lots of times were good, it, it's 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 like if a track record's broken at Newmarket, it doesn't mean to say that all the other times were, you know, desperate and that because uh, yeah. all the other times are very good as well. I think um, Raffle Price she she broke the track record. Um, for two year olds of the day at Newmark, and about, there was about three or four of the track records in the day, mm. so it's all relative. Uh, but positive, I thought he did really well. Um, he drifted across the stand side or was intimidated mm. across towards the stand side, if I remember serves me right. And the third horse has won since Oni Madden, um, Martin Meator. So that form and the time figure have been boosted. But this is a really different level to what he took on at uh, Salisbury, um, with the greatest respect to him. Um, it's a nightmare for me, really, because figures wise, I've got. Arguably, the, the three best horses all running together and trying to work out which one's going to come out on top, which one handles the track, and which one's going to keep improving is the $64,000 question. I put up Mystery Power last time when he won the uh, superlative, and he did it the hard way because he was always on the sharp end. Uh, I liked his attitude, um, and he, he stayed up very strong. I thought seven film was no problem for him. Uh, Vizanar has probably my big, been my biggest disappointment of the season, perhaps for the last couple of seasons. I've I'd like to think I've got a fair handle on the two-year-old form this year with the numbers I've been keeping. And this Visionari, I've I, I banging on him about him for, for ages in my blogs and to anyone that would listen to me, really. And a lot of other time guys were very enthusiastic over him as well. Unfortunately, he fluffed his lines when, he, when, the, when it rattled the most. He was 7-2 to two with top prize William Hill uh, for the July stakes when the book opened up, I think the week before. Mm. And 
for me, I was like, I've never been so excited about a prize <laughs> or Rick. I thought, this is, that, that's, I'm the fastest two I've got this season. This has got to be taken. I put out a four-point win on the on the side, which I very well, rarely do. Into nine to four, I think, wasn't it? Well? Yeah, it was. <laughs> it, it got it got gradually yeah. um, whittled down before I had a chance to write it up. Um, but it was still eleven to four, five to two when I put it up, and it went off four to six. Yeah. Literally, every man and his dog wanted to back it. I mean, people were taking odds that were ludicrous. Mm. So there was, you get a point where the, the shrewd Thai men have backed it, but then the people that join in who don't know about the numbers. Have a little bit, but then it was even money on the morning. You thought well, I can't be any shorter than that. It went into four to six, yeah. so there was a whole wave of confidence behind this horse, and um, he just didn't quite deliver. Albeit he ran to a fair level, but he ran nowhere near the level he did on debut. He probably might have just bounced, which is sometimes what happens when you get a two-year-old that runs such an, a phenomenal figure. And they've still got that running in their legs when they go back to the track the next time. How, how did the figure of that second run compare to the first nowhere one? Near. Nowhere near. Nowhere near, no. So if he runs back to his maiden level, he would have a serious chance. At three to one, which is the best price at the moment, can you take that chance? Um, I'm not going to have a bet in the race at the moment because I, I, I like Pinatubo as well. Pinatubo clocked the fastest two-year-old time um, last, at, at um, Royal Ascot. And to do that in the Cheshire, which is normally the, the weak link of the, of the, of the two-year-old races at the Royal Meeting, because it's only a listed race, um, tells you how good he is. And he absolutely battered that Lope, Lope Lee Fernandez, who Godolphin thought was... Um, not Godolphin, Ballydor thought was an absolute certainty. And he left him for dead. The turn of foot he showed was incredible. And then you took in the likes of, of um, Mike's positive, who could be anything. I think this race is a nasty one. And you've got seven runners as well. It's not as if you can think, well... OK, I don't want to back Visionari and Pintatuba at short price. I can have a little bit each-way thieving bet on either Mike's horse or Mystery Power. Yeah. Psychologically, just two places. It doesn't really do anything for me. So at this very moment in time, a race to watch and to savour. But I don't think I'm going to be putting anything up in this race. I have a feeling that, that might change by 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, Andy. We'll <laughs> I don't see. think it will. How um, <laughs> pretty gutted that, that there's only seven runners here for your, uh, for your positive. No, I don't think so. He's probably not on each-way bet anyway. I think okay. he's... I'd like to think if he, he'd have a good chance of winning and we're going to find out where we are, really. I mean, that's the, the best thing about going for this race is we, we'll find out where we are. I mean, it's, it's a slight disappointment from an owner's point of view that the race is as hot as it is because <laughs> we'd have liked... It would have almost been nice to have some of the normal renewals of this race aren't as good and it would have been nice to use it as a stepping stone before really going into the, the depths of a Group 1. But this is a Group 1 in, with a Group 2 name, really, at the moment. Um, you know, if it was a Group One, you wouldn't get any different horses. No. These are the best horses around at the moment. So, and if you, I mean, just taking it away from positive, are there any other other prices, any any horses that you think might represent a bit of value? I, to, I, th- I think it's a tricky race. A lot of good, good. It's very different to Ascot because because of the bends and how quick they come up, especially over seven. And Visionari's in one. I mean, Frankie's hand is almost going to yeah. be forced. He's got to go forward here. Because Frankie loves to go forward anyway. He'll try and dictate this race. And, the, and Ryan's in seven. I think Ryan's a bad price at five to one because Ryan's hand is almost... He's got to decide very quickly. He's not going to want to be three wide on that bent. He's got to go forward or he's got to go back. The thing for him is that in a race like this where it's a group two, they're all going to want to be second or third. No one's going to want to sit last. So I think it's going to be trappy. I, I have Pinatubo's officially rated 110. I have him 122, which was as high as I got too darn hot last year as a two-year-old. I thought his time 
at Ascot last time was simply phenomenal. Um, Visionari, he's a weird one. As Andy said, everyone was all over Visionari, and his time on debut was was one of those where it was so good, it was almost too good to be true. And I mean, I mean, it was it was so good, it was yeah. almost like it was almost he was, if he peaked on debut, wasn't it? Yeah, he <laughs> can't get any and better to run to that figure. It, I'm not even sort of bigging it up when I say it was it was not far off sort of figures that Frankel would have been putting yeah. on on as two year old. So. It, I mean, that's why I went off four to six. I mean, the figures were were ridiculous, but I'm always quite sceptical sceptical of them. Um, and it's not the first time we've seen a, a Mark Johnson horse that wins well on debut fail to kind of. No, but at the same time, I, th- I think he, he does want seven furlongs. I think it's, this is just a really good race. Um, for me, I'd I'd be backing if, if we didn't have a runner, I'd be backing <coughs> Pinatubo at thirteen to eight. Sort of take positive out of it. I just just think that he's a very very smart horse and yeah I think I think he, he sets a very high standard personally the thing is about Pinaturbo you watch him in all these races the best part about every single victory has been the back end mm. he's not slowing down at the end he's always going fast you look, I've got all these sectionals of, of all these three wins Wolverhampton very very powerful off the corner 22 and change the same when he won um, at, in the woodcut he was probably about eight behind the, the Johnson or Misty Gray at the, the Tattenham corner. Absolutely battered him. Yeah. And the same with Ascot. He, I wouldn't say he looked to be going nowhere, but he still had to make up a lot of ground on some good horses, and he left them for dead. Uh, and that's the thing with Goodwood as well. It's, it's downhill, it's sharp, but you need horses that get home there. That last furlong and a bit, they seem to be dying on the backside. Mm. Uh, and that, that's what... The only problem with Vizanaro, he might just be hanging his chin out. You know, he's going to go fairly hard from the front. And if he does go too hard, um, I don't think he'll outstay Pinatubo. Right. So, therefore, I mean, it's hard, it's hard <laughs> to uh, say what we're tipping up there. But Mike, seemingly leaning towards Pinatubo, no bet for Andy. But yeah, it's, it's a race I'll, I'll just watch. On to the Lennox now, the Lennox Stakes. And uh, Zaki is the 11 to 4 favourite. Uh, hey, Gaman is the 4 to 1 second favourite. Space Traveller, 6 to 1. To dance a lot, 13 to 2. Um, Suedos is eight to one. Speaking colours eleven to one, fourteen to one bar. Um, Andy, how how are you uh, approaching this? Yeah, a lot of course specialists here, a lot of regulars. Britain Rock has run, won this race before. Obviously, he's a nine-year-old now, and thirty-three to one represents his price. Uh, Flaming Spears won here before, beating Handicap Company. Uh, Sir Dancel, I think he won this race last year, from memory serves me correct. And Old Soudoir, who's a regular, I think he's loyalty passes regularly stamped here, isn't it, in a race like this? Uh, he'll have a chance. He's got the cheap pieces on as well, first time out, David O'Mara's charge. And he, he ran in that race at um, Ascot last time, which unfortunately we, we had the ill-fated victory of uh, Beat the Bank in a, a dramatic finish. And I think that race really is the key, uh, or one of the key angles coming in here. Uh, because at the Furlan pole, you couldn't own the odds for Zaki. And Beat the Bank is you know, under pressure, but in Beat the Bank style, he rallied really tenaciously and got back up in the shadows. So connections of Zaki have thought, well, is it the mile that he doesn't quite get? Uh, or, or is it the fact that they haven't got a race for him over the mile, that he's not a Sussex Stakes horse? So they think, well, there's only one other good group race for him here at Goodwood to roll the dice, and this is it. Is, is this just the, the round peg in the square, square hole thing? Sorry, the square peg in the round hole thing. Um, so I think he's he's the right favourite, Zaki, based on the numbers that he produced last time on Ascot because it was a very strongly run heat. Um, 
Other than that, I think Hay Gamma's got a big chance. He ran in a phenomenal time for a guy I got at the Curry of the day for Romanised. That Romanised all of a sudden seems to have come of age. He's gradually worked his way through the ranks this season. He just seems to be flourishing at the moment. And albeit Hageman didn't have enough tactical speed to hold him off late on at the court, that's a very stiff track. He still beats Safe Voyage quite easily. And Safe Voyage has been the best seven furlong horse so far on this side of the RSC. So I think he's a massive player. Um, and if they ride him right, i.e. don't try and make the running and go completely gung-ho, I think he's the, he's the archetypal seven furlong horse that you need for this. He's the specialist at seven furlongs, whereas Zaki, he hasn't run over seven furlongs since his two-yard days, as far as I can recollect. Um, so those are the three that are going. I'm looking at, you know, your, your Hagerman, your Sudars and your Zarkis, but I've got to stay a lot to that current time. I think Romanise is a genuine group one horse over a mile now. And um, Hagerman hasn't got a Romanise to run against here. Hagerman currently four to one seems to be the way that Andy is leaning um, Frankie de Tori on board. And uh, yeah, it sounds as if, I mean, what we're saying early on, it looks like a couple of our bookmaker partners might be running uh, running scared of some Frankie and multiples tomorrow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mike, on to you next. And uh, yeah, I mean, how, how do you agree with what Andy said and, and which horses are, are taking your eye here? Quite uh, similar to Andy here. Zaki for me, I, I think he'll be a big drifter tomorrow. Um, I just he's he's dropping down to seven for the first time in ages, and and I mean I know I said about the draw in the last race, but if you have a look at horses drawn higher than eight on this seven furlong course, they've got a terrible record, and once again, Ryan's going to have to force his hand here, and the way he runs, it's very unlikely that he's going to go forward, Ryan. But at the same time, he's now dropping in trip. Maybe that's what he'll do, especially as the only pace angle I think in here is Hey Gammon, who. I like, but I just, I, th- I think he's beatable. And he only ran 10 days ago. Big effort there, really big effort. He had a hard race. Um, I'd be willing to take him on personally. Um, and I think Sir Dancelot's been forgotten about here a bit. Um, the ground is crucial to him. If you were to go through his form and sort of put a line through everything where it was on the soft side, he has some very good form. Um, last time out was soft ground but it was the only race they could get into him in the summer because he'd been a non-runner a week before that Haydock on soft ground um, before then he ran over a mile in the lock-in stiff mile didn't get a home um, and before that he'd run over six furlongs in, in Hong Kong at Sha Tin and then all three runs at the back end of last year when he was in England and France were all on soft ground as well I just don't think this horse has had his condition since last summer and if you then pick up his form, he runs over seven furlongs three times last year, all on fast ground, and he wins all three races. For me, I, I, including this race, and I think he's been absolutely primed for this. I, I, I think he should be about seven to two here. Um, and I think he's the one to beat. I mean, he's a five-year-old here. He's got, he's got course form. He's a very, very good horse. Um, and I think he's going to sit right on Frankie's tails throughout and come through and win. Um, I mean, the only race which says it was good is, is France. But if you if you watch the replay on that, I mean, it's <laughs> soft as can be out there in their their good ground. Um, are there, I, are there, I mean, are there any concerns with you that, that he just has, doesn't retain the ability he had last year of those runs? Or no, not not at all. I just think everything's just not not been in his favour this year so far. Um, he doesn't like soft ground. I just mm. just think he's a seven furlong horse on. On fast he ran per- perfectly well in the lock-in. So that was his first run of the year. I just think he ran. I think he ran very well. I think that was a that was a fine run. Um, 
you know, it doesn't really peak until midsummer. I mean, yeah. I just think this is, you know, the, the fact they tried six furlongs twice at the end of last year and then went up to a mile. I mean, the thing is, there's just not many seven furlong races for him. Yeah. And this is his trip. Um, you, you talk about the fact that he won the race last year. And this, I guess, is a question to both of you because, I mean, Andy, you, you speak often about in the Royal Ascot podcast about how important it is to have course form. Do, do mm. you feel that it's similarly crucial at Goodwood to, to show that you can handle the track? Oh, yeah, without doubt. I mean, even more so than Ascot in many respects. Um, I think one of the reasons that Sir Lancelot hasn't run quite as well as expectations this season, albeit he was a 33-1 to one shot in, in the lock-ins, is down to the fact that David Ellsworth has had a real rough season. I think it's 106 days since David Ellsworth had a winner. Um, so I, when I look through... Horses like to dance a lot and rip off. The ones that are running really well and, and still showing a fair level, you've got to be massively upgrading these horses. If Sir Dance a lot doesn't win here but still runs well, you've got to pin him down as a horse. When that yard does finally kick into gear, it's got to be sooner rather than later. Good train like David Ellsworth surely won't go a year without mm. having, a, having trained a winner. Um, then you want to be making hay when they, when they do start to kick into gear. That, that rip off run an amazing race considering. The yard's been flat as a pancake. I just couldn't back a, a horse, despite its obvious claims or claims of sorts, with when a yard's been, just been so out of form. Um, so I'd, I'd I'd be struggling to get as enthusiastic as Mike is over Sedan a lot, just because of the, the stable form. Wouldn't want, wouldn't want you to agree on too much. That's good. Uh, Thirteen to. His reasons are right. Yeah, but it's yeah. just a yard. The yard. The yard's out, Nick. But just a bit of a concern about about, yeah. about the, the yard's form. Um, but as I say. Um, Andy decided with Hey Gaman at four to one. Um, so dance a lot is thirteen to two for Mike. Currently ten runners as well. So um, barring uh, some serious rain tomorrow morning, you should be fine with your with, with your three places for an each way bet on either of those two. Uh, another um, race that stinks of, of an each way play is the next is the is the Goodwood Cup. Uh, Stradivarius is the eight to eleven favourite. Cross Counter four to one second favourite. DXB five to one, and then sixteen to one bar. With Wells Fargo, um, the the next up in the in the betting, all the way out to Harpo Marks at sixty six to one. Currently nine runners as it stands at the moment here. Uh, Andy, I'll come to you here first, um, and we'll talk about Stradivarius, who again, um, you know, <clears throat> you kind of run out of, of superlatives, I guess. And, and that eight to eleven, uh, whilst it looks pretty skinny for a course of this, for, for a race of this nature, um, you, I guess you're a brave man to take him on. Yeah, he's like the Novak Djokovic, isn't he? Of- yeah. Of uh, horse racing, um, you know, you always look to see if you can find chinks in Novak when it comes to Wimbledon, and you think, well, he's in the right half of the draw, and is his form on grass good enough? And you make cases out for Federer and Nadal, what have you. And in the end, you, you look back and you think, why have, I, why have I opposed him? You know, he's just such a bomb-proof yeah. horse in every way. I can't find a chink in his armour. You think, well, you know, would it be Goodwood that might just catch him up? But Goodwood, he seems to come alive there. About soft ground, he might not act on soft ground like they did ask, but he still comes through and wins. And I think he's one of those horses that kind of like just showboats a little bit. He he knows he's better than everyone else, and he just seems to win by the narrowest of margin. Almost like makes it exciting to give the crowd something to to, to cheer. Uh, Frankie's just riding out, out of his skin. So he, the him and the, the association with the horse are just a marriage made in heaven. John Gosden's just prepared him specifically for every race perfectly. Seems to have got the right amount of work into him and, and uh, saved a bit for the next one. The only possible danger I could see would be cross counter. He, he's back to his absolute best. Um, he certainly wasn't when he took on Stradivarius um, uh, the last day. 
albeit he was ridden a long, long way out of his ground and he had to make up a lot of ground on soft ground. I think better ground and back to Goodwood will suit him. And, of course, he beat DXB um, last year in the mile-and-a-half race for the three-year-olds. Uh, and he's a good globe-trotting horse cross canyon, uh, canyon um, sorry, counter. And I think uh, Godolphin would have probably got him a little bit more fine-tuned than they, they have. He's, he seems to have just been a little bit of a slow burn this season. Um, and at the, if, look, if some firm went four to one and given me quarter the odds about cross counter, then even even I would find that very difficult to resist. That thinking, well, I'm on and a complete bet to nothing because, as far as I could see, this is a three-runner race. Um, with the greatest respect to the likes of Wells Fargo and Dashing Willoughby, they would have to do something that they haven't done already in Group One company over this distance to figure. So, yeah, without without boring everyone senseless with. The obvious facts and figures about the, the obvious horses. I think cross counter is probably the only bet I could muster up here. So yeah, cross counter at the moment four to one um, is with Labrooks. Has a fifth of the odds. I'm afraid, Andy. Well, that'll so, do. So I'll that, I don't mind that. Do. Uh, I doubt that's going to be there much longer. Um, I wouldn't have thought, irrespective of what the price is on the exchange. Uh, Mike, how are you eyeing up this one? I don't. I don't think I could add anything yeah. really. That's. <laughs> I mean, Stradivarius is such a good horse. I think if he was ever going to get beat, it was last time at Ascot for me just think the soft ground was a was a negative the trip and, and everything on that day was a negative and he you know comes through it and he looks as good as ever i mean if anything i think this this trip probably suits him better and i, I his record at good was fantastic as well i he's so hard to beat i mean cross counter i mean i just don't think he's quite as good as stradivarius and yeah dxb is going to go very fast here because they didn't make enough use of him in the Gold Cup. I mean, he stays all day, this horse. He could go around Goodwood twice and still be <laughs> wanting further, I think. Um, I think that will probably play into Stradivarius' hands even more. Um, take the tactics out of it, just go fast and make it a serious two-mile race. I mean, yeah, just he, it's for Stradivarius to get beat, I, he has to be below his best, I think. If he turns up on his A-game, none of these... Going to be. Do, do, do you think Stradivarius gets the credit that he deserves? Generally, I mean, we talk talking kind of a couple of days after um, that incredible King George win for Enable, and there are kind of the comparisons with Frankel and all. But maybe just because you know he's a long distance horse and it's not quite the profile isn't quite as exciting as some think that you know, and maybe because early on in his career he wasn't as unbeat, you know, he wasn't the horse that he is now taking on uh, when he was a bit of a younger horse. I, I think he's. I think he probably just about gets the credit now. I mean, it's just the stayers just never quite get the credit they want. They yeah. deserve really. I, I personally think he wouldn't run too badly in something like an arc myself. I think he's got plenty of speed. Some of his wins when he's won at York, they've gone really slow, and he's quickened up well. Um, you know, it's, I'm, I'm sure the arc's never going to happen. But if I owned him, I'd have had a tilt at the arc. I think to see what he's what he's like, but. Well, let's hope, let's hope Bjorn Nielsen's listening and, uh, and <laughs> we'll take that on because that would be some story. Um, those are the four first four races tomorrow um, on the first day of Goodwood. Uh, the last few races, of course, um, I'm sure Andy will be having a good look at them today and we'll, we'll have some mm-hmm. notes in his column yep. tomorrow morning. Um, but currently there are no prices and neither of these guys are, are too keen before seeing a price to, to flag any up. So make sure, as ever, that you keep an eye out for, for Andy's column. We're recording uh, a podcast and a video for, for the Wednesday, the Thursday, and then combining the Friday and the Saturday as well. So if you've enjoyed this, then please do look out for those. Uh, and if you haven't already, then please subscribe to the Odds Checker YouTube channel where you can find all of our preview content hosted there.